Welcome to the Top 5 Podcast with your hosts, Rail Bricker and Lindsay Adams. And today, ladies and gentlemen, our special guest is Caleb DeLon. Uh, Caleb lives in Ventura County, California. He's the Chief Operating Officer for Paperback Expert, and he helps business owners publish books. Welcome, Caleb. Thank you. It's good to be here. And so today we're going to talk about uh, Caleb's top five tips uh, to help business owners publish books. Caleb, what's tip number one? Tip number one is to never write a book. Hey, wait a minute. Might what? Seem, <laughs> might seem paradoxical. The best way to create your book is not to write your book. Because most people, when they try to write a book, they sit down in front of their computer, open up a Word document, title it My Book, and then they stare at the screen. And they have no idea what to do next. Been there, done that. <laughs> yep. And the far better way to actually make some substantial progress on your book is to speak your book instead. So pull up a voice memos app on your phone, some dictation app, and just record yourself talking about your business because you're an expert at what you do. You can talk all day about what you do. And so the best way to create content is not for you to try to sit down and write it, especially if you're not a natural writer, but rather to begin by speaking your content and having that be the start of your book. Okay, Caleb, but the the question is I speak, and, and Lindsay and I are both professional speakers, I think we speak in a different way to the written word. Um, you know, d- does that not bring out a book that sounds sounds like you you dictated it, or, or do you yeah. then edit the content out? How do you how do you go from that that voice word to the written word? Definitely. So for somebody doing this on their own, they are going to want to find an editor to work with them to change the spoken word into the written word. For our clients, it's built into the process. We will help our clients create their content through a series of interviews with one of our professional writers, transcribe the interviews, and then the writer's job is to take that spoken word, that book that does sound like it has been spoken, and turn it into a professionally written manuscript. Okay, so so you've started, you've got your voice memos. Do you use AI? I mean, do you use any of the AI functionality before we move off this first point of never writing a book? Um, do you like, like something like Otter or one of those apps? I mean, what do you think of using those because it goes straight to, to transcript? Yeah, we like Otter. We've used also Rev.com has an AI transcription feature. We find often the AI transcription is good enough. Sometimes it certainly doesn't have the accuracy yet of human transcription, but Otter is a flat rate for the year. Rev is significantly cheaper with artificial intelligence transcription. So definitely if you're doing this on your own, then using some sort of automated transcription like that is going to be the quickest, easiest, cheapest way to get that spoken content into some sort of written form. Okay, so so that actually you, you've used the words on your own a few times. That 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 segues beautifully into your second tip for um, creating a book without writing a word. Yeah, tip number two is don't be a writing recluse. So we have this picture of the writer who goes off into this shed in the middle of the woods with an old-fashioned typewriter and just clickety-clacks away for hours on end, and it's just the writer by himself or by herself. It's sort of a romantic vision, something that maybe a lot of people aspire to, if nothing else, the peace of the woods, not having all those buzzing notifications. 
But actually, unless you're one of the rare individuals who actually thrives in that environment, it's going to be best for you to write your book in community. And especially when we're talking about content creation, to bring in someone to ask you questions. And this, this takes speaking your content to the next level. It's one thing to hit record on your phone and just begin to talk. It's another to have a friend sitting across from you asking you questions that you then respond to. Because what that friend can do is, by the questions they ask, help you to remember stories that you've forgotten and come up with insights that you would never have done simply monologuing. Yeah, I think that that's really clever. Uh, sparking off another person or, or working off another person, I think, would uh, would really um, aid the creative process. So, okay, that's tip number two. Um, leadership now, what's tip number three? Tip number three is don't do it all yourself. I'm all for figuring things out, learning new skills, but creating a book is not something that you want to do 100% DIY. Part of this is just a 80-20 principle. It's a where do you get the biggest bang for your time investment? Most of us don't have the complete skill set necessary to publish a book, and most of us can earn a greater hourly income by doing what we do best versus sitting and trying to proofread our own words in, for our book. And so if that describes you, it makes sense for you not to be the one who sits down and proofreads, but hire a proofreader. And then you go sell some more clients and do your service for them. It makes sense for you not to do the cover design yourself, not to do the uploading to Amazon yourself. Find a little team, whether you're working with an established publishing company like us or whether you go on Upwork and find people, but find those who have the skills that you lack so that you are not going it alone throughout the whole process. Okay. So it's the old uh, do what you do best and pay someone else to do the rest. Absolutely. Only do what only you can do. Okay. And so, so how does, you know, DIY, um, I guess, for your book tie in with, the, um, the pod services that are out there now, the print-on-demand self-publishing services. So, you know, um, you know, where do you go from? You've written, you've, you've, you've spoken the manuscript, you've paid your editor, etc. You know, what is the future role of these types of books that, that that you work with business owners on, in terms of you know using print-on-demand services, etc. Yeah, print-on-demand is a huge blessing for individuals who want to publish their book. It's no longer necessary to commit to ordering hundreds or thousands of copies as an author. There's no longer a need to do giant print runs and then hope that those books sell. Now, with print-on-demand technology, which is available from lots of major publishers, including Amazon's back end, an author can put their book on Amazon and order copies for themselves, however many they want, whenever they want. And then Amazon will print books for people who buy them from Amazon on demand. And instead of having these boxes and boxes of books sitting in the author's garage, the author can just buy another 50 books whenever they're having a special event. Okay. There are a number of people in our circle here as professional speakers in Australia, and I'm sure you know across the world the same debate is held. But you know, some of them say, well, you're not, you're not a true author unless you've used a publishing house. You know, you know self-published authors are, not, are, are, are taken far less seriously. Is that true? 
That's a good question. I think most people can't tell the difference. Most people don't pay attention enough to discern the difference in the book itself. The key question is whether the book looks and feels self-published. More important than whether it was self-published is whether it looks and feels self-published. If you have a cover that looks really awkward and it's just your book title with some cheesy stock image pasted on it, and then you open the book up and it looks like it was formatted in Microsoft Word, then yeah, people are not going to take you as seriously. They're going to say, this person did it all by themselves and maybe this information isn't as good as I was hoping. That said, it's no longer necessary to go through the arduous process with all the gatekeepers of traditional publishing because there are alternative hybrid publishers who will help you to take your manuscript the rest of the way have a professional publishing imprint, professional cover design, professional interior design, so that your book will look and feel the same as any other book that could be purchased at a a Barnes & Noble or a local bookstore. Yeah, I I think the look makes a big difference. Okay, so what's tip number four then? Tip number four is don't sell lots of copies. Hey, what? What? Hang on a minute. I thought we were selling books here. People want to sell lots of copies. They do. Lots of people think, okay, I'll I'll write my book. People will discover it on Amazon. I'll sell hundreds and thousands of copies, and I will be rich. And that happens for a few people, but most people, it doesn't. Unless your name's Stephen King, it's probably not going to happen to you. Writing a book can make you a fortune. It will probably not happen by you selling copies of your book. It will probably happen by you getting your book into the hands of ideal prospects who then become eager-paying clients and give you far more than the $15 a book that they would give you if they just purchased it on Amazon and then never saw any more of you. So, so how important then are those uh, uh, accolades that say, you know, you know, best-selling author, you know, which is, uh, as far as I know, it's around 5,000 copies printed. I don't, it's not even sold printed, I think, is the number. But, you know, how important is it and how much credibility does that actually add? Yeah, it it is an additional credibility marker. I think the leap from not being an author to being an author is an enormous credibility increase. The increase from published author to best-selling author, there is a jump there, but it's, it's smaller. And so the most important thing is to go from not having a book at all to having a book yourself. And if you hand that out to anybody, then it totally changes their perception of you. Whether you say, hey, I wrote this book and it's a bestseller, or just, I wrote this book and it solves your problem. It's a totally new way for that person to view you as an expert at what you do, as the person who's the authority on solving their problem. Okay. And so so we've been through, you know, four, four tips now for creating your book without writing a word. You know, what's the last one? Yeah, tip number five is don't stop when you publish. Publishing is not the finish line. It is a finish line. It's a great milestone to get that first shipment of books, hold it in your hands, give it out to friends and family and VIP clients. But that's not where you want to stop. You want to then view the book as a credibility marketing tool. This is now an asset that you can put into your business, put into your marketing efforts to raise the level of everything that you're already doing in your business. So once you publish your book, you have to think, how do I now market 
as an author? How do I market my new expert status now that people will see me differently? I think the book's a big credibility uh, boost for anyone, isn't it? And uh, being being a published author, I don't know, it just it does make a difference in terms of your position in the marketplace. Absolutely. Yes. I guess the, the, the second thing is how, you know, if you've written a book, so my book, uh, the first one, the second one is only an ebook, but the first one was published in 2018. And, and I've, I've, I've sort of been contemplating now five years on whether it needs an updated version. How important is that if you, you know, in our business where we are working with as consultants and uh, with businesses to keep updating the books? Yeah, it depends a lot on what you're writing about. There are some fields, like the technology field especially, where something written five years ago does need substantial updates in order to be current and to remain useful five years down the road. Whereas in other realms, it's less necessary. I think of the, the seven habits of highly effective people, which will probably never need to be updated. They can add on little addendums and talk about the, the modern world, but those seven principles aren't going to change just because some new technology was invented. So that really comes down to understanding your industry. What is the pace of change in your industry? And at what point does your useful information become less useful as the industry progresses? Well, Caleb, it's been most interesting talking to you today. Should our listeners wish to get in touch with you and find out more about how to publish a book, what's the best way for them to do that? The best place to go is our website, which is paperbackexpert.com. That's expert without an S, paperbackexpert.com. And on there, they will find everything that they would want to know about our full-service book publishing services. It's interview-based from start to finish, and we do all the hard stuff. Thank you, Caleb. That's been most interesting because, you know, Lindsay and I are both published authors, but we wrote them. We sat and, and, and did two-finger typing for a long time um, to, <laughs> to, get, to get the written word onto the paper. Um, so thank you very much for uh, sharing um, your ideas and your expertise on um, how to publish a book without actually writing a word and for sharing your top five tips, which are to never write a book, to don't be a writing recluse, to don't DIY, or at least some of your book, don't sell lots of copies, which to me blew me away, and don't stop when you publish. Thank you very much, Caleb Delon. Thank you to my co-host, Lindsay Adams. This is Railbricker signing off for another edition of the Top 5 Podcast. Been a pleasure.